Shalom to all. Today's office is Daf Nun Hey, and we are starting near the top of the Amud with the brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarabas, Rabbi Yaakov, Maisha, Her Nishama, Shadavan, Oliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yasef Yantif, but Rabbi Asher Anchal, his Nishama, Shadavan, Oliyah. And the Mishnah says, Hey, Rabbi Yechem, and Good Gadah, Rabbi Yechem, and Good Gadah gave Adus about the following. Number one, Al Chereshes, Shesia, Via, in regards to a deaf mute woman whose father married her off, Shehiyatza Baget, she leaves by receiving a get. Now, Midday Rice, so we know that a father's allowed to marry off his daughter who's still Katana. And even though Chereshes, a deaf mute, is not considered to be a bardas, similar to a shaita, and if she was a gadayla, her marriage would only be dirabanon. When her father marries her off as a katana, it's da'iraisa. So what the Mishnah just said is that even though she doesn't have das to accept her get, since a woman could be divorced against her will anyway, so a get doesn't require das of the woman to be effective. And therefore, this Hareshes, who's a katana who got married off by her father, receives a get from her husband when she gets sent out. He also gave his path the following: In regards to a katana who's a bas yisrael, they got married to a kain shaychalas patruma. This is referring to katana whose father had died, her mother and brother allowed to marry her off. However, this is only a marriage Dirabanon, so she's allowed to eat truma Dirabanon. Mishnah continues with Mesa, if she dies by Yarsha, her husband Yarshins her. Another thing he gave Adis about was Ba'alamarsh Hagazol, in regards to a stolen crossbeam, Shabanoi Babira, who the fellow who stole it built it into his palace, his mansion. She told his dumb of that the person who the beam was stolen from gets paid for it. He doesn't get the actual beam back, because of a takana for those who want to do chuva. If we're going to say that he has to dismantle his entire house to give the beam back, people aren't going to do chuva. And in regards to a carbon chatos, which the animal was stolen, but people don't know about it. That's what it means, the rabbim don't know about this. That carbon is mechaper for the person who brought it, even though the animal was stolen. Because of taking on his back, and the Gemara is going to describe what that is. Now the Gemara tells us, Amr Rav Rav says, We learn the following based off of this edus of Rabbi Yechonim Gud Gedah. Take a look at this piece of paper. It's a get, and I'm about to give it to my wife. And now he goes to his wife. And he tells her, Take this shtar chayv. He doesn't say it's a get. He says it's a shtar chayv. She's divorced. And where do we get this from? Because doesn't we don't need the woman's das. The woman doesn't have to have halachic das to be able to receive her get. As we said in the Mishnah, even she uses chareshes, she receives a get. So to over here, we don't need the woman's das. And even though she thinks she's receiving some sort of loan document, since the piece of paper actually is a get, and we don't need her das, so she's divorced. The Gemara asks Pshito, this is obvious. Why should she not be divorced? Divorced. The Gemara answers this is the Chiddush. Malatim, you might have thought, Kim to Amar, since he had told her, Kinsi Shtar take this Shtar Chayv, Betule Batle, he was trying to mevatal the get, and even though this piece of paper was a get, since he told her, take the Shtar Chayv, he's trying to show that he's being mevatal the get. Kamash Malatim, the Chiddush is that no, he's not being mevatal the get. Im Isa de Batle, if he really was being mevatal the get, he should have told this to the Edim by the Ka'amar Hachi, and the only reason why he told his wife, here, take this Shtar Chayv, and he didn't say, here, take this get, is Mishum Kisufa, because he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed that he was divorcing her, so therefore he said, here, take the shtar chayv. But he really didn't intend to divorce her. Now, the next thing he gave it is about was Valkhtana Bas Yisrael, a Ketana who's a Bas Yisrael. If she gets married to a kind, she's lied to eat truma. Now, we make an inference from this, ve'ilu chareshes loy achla. That's much better that this chareshes, this deaf-mute woman, if she gets married, she's not lied to eat truma. Now, that's even though both of their marriages are drabanon. This Ketana who doesn't have a father who's married off by her mother and brother, her marriage to this kind is only drabanon, and this chareshes, her marriage is also only drabanon, but still, only the Ketana is lied to eat truma, but not the chareshes. The Gemara asked, my why is that? Answer, perhaps a Cheresh is going to marry Cheresh's and he's going to end up feeding her Truma Dairaisa. So that's why we make Xero that when a Cheresh's gets married, even though she's married to a normal person, she's not allowed to eat Truma, even Truma Dairabanon. As the Gemara Valechol, what do we care? Let this Cheresh's eat Truma, even if it's Truma Dairaisa, Katan Echol Nevelasu. This is just like a case of a Katan eating Nevela. And we know that Bezin isn't Mukhev to separate a Katan who's eating Nevela, let the kid eat Nevela. So to over here, even if she's a grown Cheresh's, she's above Bas Mitzvah, still let her eat 
truma dairaisa. We don't have to stop her from doing this. The Gemara says no. Gzeir shem yachol cheresh bepikachas. We have gzeir that she's not already truma because maybe a cheresh, a man who's a deaf mute, is going to marry pikachas, a normal woman, and he's going to end up feeding her truma dairaisa. Ask Gemara v'lechol betruma derabanan. So I'll at least let her eat truma derabanan. The Gemara answers, we still have a problem. Gzeir shem aasi lechul betruma dairaisa. Maybe he's going to end up feeding her truma dairaisa. That's why make gzeir that cheresh is not already truma even truma derabanan. However, we don't have this chashash when we're talking about a regular katana getting married to a kayin because we're never going to have the flip side case of a kayin who's a katan marrying gdaila giving her truma because a kayin who's a katan can't get married only katana is able to get married but a kayin who's a katan can't get married so we never have this issue and continue to explain the mission we said about Marsha Gazel Shabanai in regards to this crossbeam that was built into a house he doesn't have to dismantle this house to give the crossbeam back he can just pay money and turn around we have a brysa Gazel Marsha Banai of Abira the person stole a crossbeam and built it into his house into this mansion he has to dismantle the entire house and return the crossbeam to the owner. He only has to pay the value of it because it's a kind for people who want to do tshuva. If tshuva is too hard for the person, then he's not going to bother doing any sort of tshuva. Therefore, we say he doesn't have to dismantle the house. He could just pay for the beam. And lastly, the Meshach said that if a person stole an animal and decided to make it a chatas and it was brought on the Mizbeach, as long as people didn't know about it, that car was machaper. So the Gemara says, Amr Ula Ula explains, the whether people know about it or people don't know about it, really the animal should not be mechaper for him. My time of why is that? Because yish kedi loikani, just plain yish is not kaina. Now let's just explain this before we continue. When a person is meyayish, he gives up hope of ever getting back an item he lost or was stolen from him, that allows another to be kaina. Now there's machlaikis, if yish kedi, just plain yish, would create a kenyan, or do we also need shinerishas, a change of ownership? And this is relevant in the case of Geneva. Reuven stole Shimon's animal, he's chayv to return it. Then Shimon was meyayish. He gave up hope on ever getting his animal back. So according to the Ma'adamah that Yish Kedi Kaina, this Ghanim has now halachically acquired this animal. It's his. He still has to reimburse Shimon, but the animal is still his. Whereas according to the Ma'adamah that we would also need Shin Rishos, Ruvain's not kind of the animal because when Shimon was Meyayish, the animal was already in Ruvain's Rishos. So we'll just told us that Yish Kedi is not Kaina. And therefore, when the Ghanim who stole this animal was Maktish it and decided to bring it as a carbon, it's not his animal to be Maktish, so it really can't be a carbon. So he continues, Umatam Amru. So why is it the Chazal said, that if people don't know about the fact that it was stolen, the animal still mechaper for him. That's because so the kahanim shouldn't be said that they ate meat of a carbon chatos that wasn't really allowed to be brought. So it's in this scenario when people don't know about it, we say okay, the carbon mechaper for him. Now Our Mishnah says that the reason why this carbon mechaper for him is because of tikkun mizbeach, nothing to do with the kahanim. So Amalehemi told them came to kahanim Since the kahanim are going to be said if we say this is not a good carbon, that's going to turn out the mizbeach is going to be bottle because they're not going to want to bring people's carbonos because they're going to be afraid of the situation, and that's what the Mishnah means by taking Mizbeach. Now we have a different understanding. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says the exact opposite. Whether people know about it or don't know about this animal stolen, the animal is Mechaper for him. My time away is that because Rabbi Huda holds Yish Kedi Kani, the just plain Yish is kind of for him, and that means that when the owner of the animal was Miyayish of getting his animal back, the Ganav is kind of the animal, and he's able to be shit and he's able to bring it as a carbon. Why is it they said that if people know about it, it's not Mechaper for him? That's so that people don't say so that people don't say that Mizbeach eats things that are stolen and therefore if people know about the fact that this animal was stolen the carbon is not mechaper for him something more analyzes we understand according to Ula that the reason why the carbon is valid is because we don't want the Kahan to be sad that they ate something they weren't allowed to eat that's why Mishnah specifically talks about a carbon chatos because a carbon chatos is eaten by Kahanim that the reason that this would not be okay is because people are going to say that Mizbeach eats why is the Mishnah specifically talk about chatos? Afilu Oilanami, 
this should apply even by carbon oil, which is completely burned on the Mizbeach. So my answer is Lami Baya Ka'amayr. It's a Lami Baya. Lami Baya Ayla the Kalalhi. For sure, this would be a problem if we're talking about a carbon oil, which is completely burned on the Mizbeach. If people know this animal is stolen, they might say that the Mizbeach eats stolen things. Even if we're just talking about a carbon chatas, the Chayel Vidam who does Salkogam Mizbeach, it's only the fats and the blood that goes on the Mizbeach. But the rest of the animals eaten by Kehanim. And so there's really not so much going on the Mizbeach. Even so, Gaza is still Xera that it would not work. Shalai Yemus, the people don't say Mizbeach Achilgzelois, then the Mizbeach eats things that are stolen. Now we have a question, Shitz Rabbi Huda. Tanan, Aramesh had said, Al Chadas Hagzula Shalai Nadil Rabim Shimcha Paris, Mene taken on Mizbeach. Then an animal that was stolen and brought as a carbon chatos that people didn't know about, that is Machaper for the person because it's taken Mizbeach. So, Bishlam Ula Nicha, according to Ula, this makes sense. That really any stolen animal should not be a valid carbon, except in this particular case, it is a valid carbon. Al Rabbi Huda, according to Rabbi Huda, Ibchami Bailei, we should say the opposite. According to Rabbi Huda, every stolen animal should be a valid carbon, except if it was Nidal Rabim. So according to Rabbi Huda, our mission should say, an animal that was stolen that people know about is not a valid carbon. So Gemara says, that is what our mission is saying. What our mission is telling us, according to Rabbi Huda, is loy Nida mechaperes. If people don't know about it, it's mechaper. Nida, if people do know about it, ain't mechaperes, it's not mechaper. Mibnei taken on mezbeach, because if taken on mezbeach, so that people don't say it, then mezbeach eats stolen things. Now the Gemara says, Masav Rava, Rava asks a question, and this time it's on Ula, and this has to do with the following din. The Torah teaches that if someone steals an item, and here we're discussing an animal, he has to pay kefel, double payment. Whereas if this guy of shechs or sells the animal, he has to pay arbav chamisha, four or five times its value. For a sheep, it's four times. For a cow, it's five times. So Rav asks, If a person stole an animal, then he was makdash it, and then he shechted it or sold it. He has to pay double to the owner. He doesn't have to pay four or five times its value. V'tani Allah, and Baraisa was taught on that Mishnah, b'chot, if he shechs his karban outside the base of Mekdash, in such a case, he's going to get kares. And that's because if a person shechs an animal that's designated as a carbon outside the base of Mekdash, he gets kares. Now here's the question on Ula, if you're going to say that just stam yish is not kaina, so kares ma'avite, what are we talking about kares over here for? This is a situation of yish kedi, where the owner was miyayish, already once the animal was in the rishos of the ganiv, and that means that there was no shini rishos over here, so his animal technically should not be considered kachim, and therefore he shouldn't be chayav kares. It must be the yish kedi is kaina. Now Amr of Shizbi, if Shizbi answers, kares medivrehem. We're talking about kares medrabanon. So what happened when the Talmidim heard this? They laughed at him. Is there such a thing as There's no such a thing like that. So told Milsa, a great man, meaning of Shizbi, he said something. Don't laugh at him. What he meant to say is that this is Kares that comes to this person because of the Rabbanon. What does that mean? The Rabbanon said that this animal is in the Ghana's Rishos, even though technically it shouldn't be considered to be in his Rishos. The Rabbanon said, no, it isn't his Rishos, and thereby that's going to be Machayev him, Kares, Midairaisa, because now that he shechted this carbon outside the base of Mikdash, that's considered Shchute Chutz, and he'd be Chayev Kares for that. Now, Marava, Rava comments, The following definitely is a question to me. When the Rabbanon said that this animal is considered to be in the Ghana's Rishos, Mishas Geneva and Mishas Gdisha, is it considered to be in the Ghana's Rishos the moment he stole it, or is it considered to be in his Rishos only from when he was Makdashit? And Lamayna Kamino, what would the difference be? For its shearings or any animal born to it. Meaning, let's say he stole a sheep with wool on it, and then he sheared the wool, or he stole a cow that was pregnant, and then it had a baby. So if we're going to say the animal is considered to be his from the time of Geneva, so then he would be able to keep the shearings or the animals, and he wouldn't have to pay the owner back for them. But if we're going to say it's only considered the Ganevs from the time that he was Makdashit, so then he would have to pay the owner back for those shearings or for those baby animals. So the Rav concludes, my, what do we say over here? So in Hadam Rav, Rav then said, Mistabra is logical to say, that it becomes the Ganevs only once he was Makdashit, so this sinner, this 
Yanov over here shouldn't gain. If we're going to say that it becomes his the moment he stole it, so then he's going to gain. He's going to get to keep the shearings or the baby animals that are born, and he's not going to have to pay the owner back for them. That turns out that he gains because of something wrong that he did. Since we don't want to say that, it must be that it only becomes officially his once he's makdashet. Moving on to brand new Mishnah. The halach of Sikrikon didn't apply in Yehuda during wartime when people were getting killed. However, from after the war and onwards, then the din of Sikrikon applied. Now, before we explain what this din of Sikrikon is, let's just understand what Sikrikon is. So Sikrikon were these murderous non-Jews that would just go up to a Yid and kill him for nothing, and in order to save his life, the Yid would say, take some karka, take some of my land, and don't kill me. So the Mishnah asks, Ketzad, what exactly is halacha? Let's say a Yid bought land from Sikrikon, then he went and bought it from the Baal Bias as well, meaning from the person whom it was stolen from. Mekchai Batol. This purchase is Batol. Why is that? Because we could say that the Baal Bias only sold it to this fellow because he was afraid of the Sikrikon. Since the Sikrikon already sold it to this fellow, what's the real Baal Bias of this field going to do? Not sell it? Maybe the Sikrikon's going to kill him. So it's not considered a valid sale. However, in Baal Bias, let's say this fellow who wanted to buy the land first went to the Baal Bias whom it was stolen from, paid him for it, and then went to the Sikrikon to pay him for it. Mekchai Kayim. So that's a valid sale. Similarly, if a person bought land from a man, and then he went and bought it from this man's wife, because really it was this man's wife's land, that wholesale is bottle. Why? Because she could always say, I only sold the land to this fellow because I saw that my husband wanted to sell it, and I didn't want to upset him, so I said, okay, you can buy the land. But that's not considered a real sale. However, if first this fellow went to the woman and bought the land from her, and then he bought it from the husband, that's a valid sale. But now the Mishnah tells us, this is all the first Mishnah, the original teaching. However, Bezan Shalchrem Amru, a Bezan that came afterwards said, someone who buys land from Sikrikon, he only has to pay a quarter of its value to the original owner whom it was stolen from. And when is this? Only when the original owner is not able to rebuy the land back from the Sikrikon. If the original owner has money to buy it back from the Sikrikon, that original owner, he has the first right before everybody to buy that land back from the Sikrikon. Now, Rebbe Hashem Bezim Rebbe established the Bezdin and they voted and they counted. And if this land was by the Sikrikon for 12 months and the original owner didn't redeem it from him, whoever comes to buy it first, he's in it and he does not have to sell it back to the original owner, but he does have to give a quarter of its value to the original owner. Now, the Gemara analyzes the first part of the Mishnah, which was very cryptic. During the war, when people were getting killed, there wasn't a din of Sikrikon, and after the war, seemingly when people are not getting killed, there is a din of Sikrikon? How does it make sense? Sikrikon are these murderous people that are going around killing, and instead of killing the Yid, they'll take a land in exchange. So it seems to be that this din of Sikrikon definitely should apply during wartime, when people are getting killed, not after wartime. So I'm going to review the answer is, What our mission is saying, is the way we described it, is the halacha of Sikrikon didn't apply during wartime. And why is that? Damar Vasaraz explained, There were three Xeris that were made. Now this war that we're talking about over here, is war of Titus against Am Yisrael, which led to the destruction of the second base of Mikdash. So Titus made three different Xeras. Xeras Kamaisa, the first Xera was, called the Loikotl, whoever doesn't kill a Yid and he's able to kill him, look to Luhu. That person's gonna get killed for not killing the Yid. Mitsuyasa, the next Xera he made, was called the Kotl, whoever kills a Yid, lies here Zuzi. Either that means he has to pay for Zuz, which means he shouldn't be killing the Yid, or that means he gets paid for Zuz. But we already see that it's not as extreme as Xera. And besides the last Xera which was made, which was after the war, called the Kotl, look to Luhu. Whoever kills a Yid, he gets killed. Hilkach, therefore, Kamaisum Tsiasa, during the times of the first and the second Xerah, Kim the Kotli, since it was very simple to kill a Yid and there was no problem, if anything, it was 
encouraged Agav Unse Gomer Umakni. Because of the Oynes this Yid was under, he literally was going to be killed, so he for sure is Makna his field to the Sikrikun, and that's a 100% Kenyan. He never expects in his mind that he's going to get it back. So for this din of buying a land from Sikrikun, that he'd really have to go and buy it first from the Yid who originally owned it, and what we discussed in the Mishnah doesn't apply. Because when the Yid gives this land to the Sikrikun, instead of taking his life, he's 100% Makna it over. However, Basrai said during the time of his last Haikana, where Yidin were not just allowed to be killed, Amri the Yid would tell himself, Ho'inno Lishkal, let this Sikrikun take this land from me today so he doesn't kill me. Tomorrow I'm just going to bring him to court and I'm going to get my land back. So it's after the war that this din of Sikrikun applies because when the Yid gives his land over the Sikrikun not to be killed, he's not really mocking his land over to him because he knows he's probably going to be able to get it back from the courts the next day. Now, once we mentioned this war with Titus that eventually led to the destruction of the Besamikdash, the Gemara continues on Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, what's Pshat in the Pasuk? Ashri Adam Fachi Tamid, praiseworthy is the man who always fears, meaning he always thinks about his actions and what they might end up bringing. That person is praised. However, Makshalibai, one who hardens his heart and doesn't think about his actions, Yipal Bara, he's going to come to harm. What was this Pasuk said about? Akamtu Bar Kamsa, Harv Yushalayim, because of the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, which is two people, Yushalayim was destroyed. Atarnagalav Atarnagalta, Harv Turmalka, because of a hen and a rooster, Turmalka, which was a Yiddish city, was destroyed. And Ashakad Rispa, Harv Betar, because of the side of a chariot, Betar was destroyed. Now we're going to stop for the day, we'll pick up tomorrow with a very famous and very sad story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, which eventually led to the destruction of the base of Mikdash. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.